Welcome to the second ever episode of the Theo Two Court Football Podcast. I'm your host Peter Lachlan. Um, I guess we'll let Drew introduce himself first. Hi guys, I'm Andrew Zidel. I'm the founder of Field to Court. I'm very happy that Pete let me on the podcast this week. Oh, Jack. Uh, Jack here. I uh, was on this last week. Had a blast. Wonderful, uh, wonderful news. I'd like to uh, give Jack some credit for really bringing the energy on last week's episode. Um, Henry did not you. bring the energy, and that is why Henry is in podcast timeout right now. <laughs> um, well, hopefully, I get to I get to stay after this week, but we'll see. Definitely, um, I think I think this is a good duo we've got going on. Um, I think Drew's going to try and fight to kick you off, but that's between you two. Um, let's get started. Um, Drew, what was your week two week of uh, game of the week? God, I made that mistake last week. I said week of the week. All right, anyway, go on. Um, well, there are definitely two games that stuck out to me, and one of them you're not going to like. Um, I thought last night's game was a pretty great, um, and I thought that the Saints looked horrific basically throughout the whole game. I'm still really high on the Saints. I but... strongly disagree. I think we looked pretty good in the first quarter, and then the first half of the second quarter, well, I'd say really the first, like, third of the second quarter, but you know, I I just thought there were a lot of thought there were a lot of mistakes, especially like on penalties and on the defensive side of the ball. That um, like if you hadn't made those mistakes as the Saints, and they definitely could have won that game. I think um, Drew is getting, great. yeah. I think Drew's getting a little too much hate on that one interception. Um. Today at school, I was hearing a lot of people, um, you know, say it's Drew's fault we lost. But that interception, although it was horrific, and I would consider it to be a rookie mistake, um, and a 41-year-old seasoned veteran like him should not be making rookie mistakes, but it only led to a field goal. And also, I definitely wouldn't put the locks on that interception. Emmanuel Sanders was like one for four. Like that's almost half of you know the incompletions we had. Yeah, and I also think what uh, a lot of people are forgetting is the crucial third down BPI from Janoris Jenkins. You know that pass yeah. was nowhere near Henry Ruggs. But he felt the need that he had to hook Henry Ruggs' uh, right arm. And that really sold the game because Daniel Carlson hit the 50-plus yard field goal right after that. I I just think that the defense didn't look as solid as they did in week one versus Tampa Bay. And had they put, had they had the same energy versus well, the, the pass Raiders. defense, especially. Right. The pass defense horrendous. Even even the 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 rushing defense was was a little bit subpar. Yeah, I mean it you was saw shaky. you saw Jalen Richard. He he had a, about a twenty yard touchdown where you know it seemed like the Saints just gave up on the play because they thought he was going to go out of bounds. But you never give up on the play until the whistle is blown. 
And I just and think that, that right the Saints didn't really have it. Story enough. of my life. That is the story of my I life. I mean, I, I've got to give um, I've got to give John Gruden a lot of credit though for um, making the call to kick that field goal. That was a pretty gutsy decision. Um, I was watching and I was thinking, like, I mean, you're just handing Drew Brees the ball at the 40, 50 yard line. But um, I mean, obviously that decision worked out for them. So a lot of props to. I mean, it was 54 yards, and contrary to what the announcers said, um, that's not in a like 54 is not impressive for an NFL kicker. That's impressive in college somewhat, but if you have to question your kicker's ability to hit 54 yards in the NFL, you don't have a good kicker. Like, you need to be able to hit 54 um, for sure. I mean, I think once you get into, like, 56 range, that's, you know, I'll give you some credit there, 56, 57. I'll let – you can miss that every now and then. But if you're missing 54-yard field goals, whether it be in practice or in games, you need to – you need to practice more. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that, but Daniel Carlson has never been a really terrific kicker. He had a good year in 2018, but last year it was kind of a down year. I don't know. I just I thought yeah. that was a kind of ridiculous call watching the game. I would have punted and tried to pin the Saints, but um, I think that's like 54. I'll ha- like I I I know I just it kind of goes against what I just said, but in some situations, I'll admit that's like almost um, too short for a punt, but also not necessarily something you want to kick. You can go yeah. either way with that call. Um, but right. yeah, yeah. That- to be fair, Carl- to be fair to your point, um, Carlson has never been a long-range kicker. Um, his career long actually, I think, is fifty four. Um, mm. I think that mm. ties, or maybe it was fifty three. No, it couldn't have been. Maybe it was fifty five or fifty four. But he's not been a long distance kicker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but. What was the other game you were gonna? Oh, the other game was um, the Sunday night game. Um, you know, I, I think the majority of people expected the Seahawks to win that game, and the offense pretty much had their way with the Patriots. But I think Cam Newton really showed out. Terrible um, final the Patriots play offense call. shocked a lot of people. Yeah, a terrible um, play call because... and terrible execution. That by was Cam the too, same but... play, the same QB draw. Um, well, not really. It was, it was kind of a QB draw, not really though. Um, it was a very similar play to the one. Um, that the two point conversion in. that failed miserably. Yeah, I, um, and I just think that you know, you you take out all the running backs, uh, from the backfield, and it's Cam as a solo back in the backfield. You're gonna yeah. assume at the one yard line that Cam's gonna run, right? They didn't. He needs they to made the Seahawks focus in just on Cam. There was yeah. no. There was no thought that that it might be a play action pass, maybe a rush 
as a fullback or a tight end or 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 I don't know. But in or 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 it could have just been a draw by Cam anyways. But they didn't give Seattle any surprise. They knew yeah. what was coming. And Cam, you know, you, you don't dive at the four yard line as well when four Seahawks defenders are all around you. I mean, you have to at least try to put yourself in uh, somewhat of a chance where you can get the yeah. touchdown. I mean, those linebackers are going to hit you pretty good, especially if you're diving from the four. As a Saints fan, I am a little bit happy that, um, you know, a little bit happy that can't get it. I'm a Saints fan. That makes, you know, the NFC that much harder. And put well, actually, it puts the Seahawks ahead of us because that puts them at two and zero, and we're one one. Um, Jack, what was right. what was your uh, game of the week or games of the week? So I actually, uh, my game of the week was Kansas City versus uh, the Los Angeles Chargers. I don't really? necessarily want to focus in on the Chiefs. I want to talk about Justin Herbert. Great rookie debut. You know, obviously he had the one interception that led the Chiefs back into the game, but he looked like a seasoned vet out there. I mean, he was able to lead his team to uh, a, a, a solid lead going into the uh, halfway through the third quarter before he threw that interception. And, you know, they looked like, like they were going to, to win that game before you know, the Chiefs crawled right back into it. I think that uh, Justin Herbert, someone who uh, was propelled into the starting slot minutes before the game because Tyrod Taylor was ruled out. I'd like uh, you to talk at, about at game uh, time. Tyrod when you're done. But I, I, think we need to I just think that. that, you know, I was very surprised uh, with Justin Herbert's performance. 311 yards um, was able to, yeah. you know, because he threw so well, they were able to establish a run game. And one of the top defenses in the league, I have to admit, I had the Kansas City Chiefs defense in fantasy football. I thought that, you know, Tyrod Taylor or Justin Herbert, they were going to walk all over this team. Justin Herbert proved me wrong, and I'm very glad that, that I could say that because yeah. now I feel like he's getting some respect that he, that he truly deserves. Um, I think you might be jumping the gun a little bit. Um, I think that game says a lot more about the Chiefs and does the Chargers. Um, I'm not going to come, you know, the are, you know, I'm not. Are a little scary team now because they barely lost the Chiefs. I'm not arguing that. Yeah. I'm just saying that but you know, people suck. people weren't sure what to expect from Herbert, and to have the performance That's that right. he did, despite it being a loss, I think that uh, the Chargers, even though it was a loss, you know they can walk away with some sense of of success and accomplishment and pride in their team because they know if Justin Herbert plays the way that he did in this game, then they have their future starting quarterback. Um, I'm going to yeah. jump in here. I, I've never been all that day on Justin Herbert uh, coming out of college. I thought he definitely played a great game, but um, in your little explanation, Jack, you kind of discounted the interception and 
I mean, if you watch that interception, like it was a pretty terrible pass. You could call it a rookie mistake. You could call it whatever, but you're winning the game against the best team in the NFL. I mean, you just can't make that pass. So he could definitely work on his decision-making. And if he does, then he could become a great quarterback. You know, his passes right. look pretty precise throughout the whole game. But I mean, that's a mistake that you can't just discount because like he doesn't, he doesn't throw that pass. They win that game. Yeah. Talk about Rod for a minute or two. Um, does one get hurt in pregame warmups? Like, I've I've never heard of something like this. Um, I don't know. I mean, given the, I mean, you're just lucky you didn't tear his ACL. It's just yeah, a honestly. Thing. Um, I think the biggest. Like surprise non-injury was Lamar Jackson. Of all people, I would think that he would be the one to get hurt just because you know his play style. Um, yeah, not but... to be that guy that's going to call a running back, but his play style, the way he, you know, braces for hits. Sometimes he has a tendency not to slide. He tries to just take it, and you can't – that's not going to work out every single time, especially when you're going up against a linebacker. Um, you know, it, I'm not – I don't hope he gets hurt. I hope he never has to deal with any sort of injury ever in his career. I don't wish injury upon anyone. Um, but he just needs to be careful. Otherwise he will end up most likely like these guys. Um, did you have another, uh, game of the week or was that it? Uh, I did. And, you know, you can't go past this week and not talk about the Falcons versus the Cowboys. Thank you. Uh, I was waiting from the Cowboys. What a comeback from the Cowboys! I mean, Amazing. you gotta, you gotta, you gotta feel sorry for these Falcons fans. No. I mean, you know, you you have I you don't. have a nineteen point lead, uh, pretty far down in the game. Uh, you 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 give up an onside kick that 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 was easier than than you know humanly possible to recover. That was one. I of just the think easiest onside kick, uh, like attempts to recover for the receiving team that I've seen in a long time. Exactly. And, you know, I mean, you kind of give it to Dak. Uh, great game, 450 yards, one touchdown on yeah. the, in, in the air, three touchdowns on the on, on the ground. I know I'm um, in the minority you of know, Saints fans here, but I am high on Dak Prescott. I I love Dak. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm a big Dak Prescott fan. I hate the Cowboys. Yeah. I hate Zeke. I hate everyone on the Cowboys except Dak. I'm a Dak fan. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, as a Giants fan, uh, you know, I just have to give him props. Yeah, uh, has gets CD Lamb and, and Amari Cooper uh, 100 plus yards. Um, Dalton Schultz, who was Blake Jarwin's uh, uh, backup, now the new starting tight end, the Cowboys, uh, nine Not catches, mention, 88 yards, and a touchdown. You know, yeah. Even Michael Gallup got a couple uh, sizable passes. Um, you know, this was just a great all-around comeback from the Cowboys. Um, 
I don't Not think to mention that he was responsible for four touchdowns. Exactly. Exactly. Four touchdowns. Uh, most of them pretty late, uh, pretty far into the game. Yeah. Um, so you have to give him props to that, but you also have to look at the Falcons, you know, I, I there's, there's something, there's something with Dan Quinn's time management. You know, he, you saw it in I, the Super Bowl versus the Patriots. You see it now. Uh, they've been pretty mediocre the past few seasons. Um, their defense has been atrocious the past few weeks, you know, giving up uh, five touchdowns to Russell Wilson last se- last week and giving up this uh, very sizable uh, lead uh, yeah. in this game. You know, there's something there's something with Dan Quinn right now. And I don't know. Maybe it's time the for them quarter. to move on. I, I don't see how Dan Quinn still has a job. I think that this I'm Falcons team might, might be the most already, talented yeah. Yeah, I thought he'd be fired yesterday. Um, Honestly, but I think that if this they Falcons really wanted to, it would have been justified to fire him after the Super Bowl. It would have been relatively justified. Um, I mean, I don't think they like. I'm not saying I think they should have fired him back then, but I would see why they, if it happened, I would see why. Um, yeah, right. I mean, I just I I think this Falcons team is way too good to be zero and two. Yeah, but I, um, it really pains me to say this, but I have I I have to give credit to Matt Ryan. 273 passing yards, four passing touchdowns, 24 for 36. Um yeah, I mean and Calvin Ridley looks fantastic this year. I mean as does Russell Gage. I mean oh, and Julio Jones, yeah. no interceptions. He's getting everybody involved. Right. And um, you know, they even have some of the guys that they need on defense. You know, the rookie and A.J. Terrell, uh, they got Keanu Neal back from injury. Dakaris McKinley's a, a solid rusher. They got Deion Jones back from injury as well. It's just they haven't been able to contain their, uh, the offenses that they face. Sure, you got to give it to them. They've been playing some high-caliber offenses yeah. in the Seahawks and the Cowboys. But you can't be giving up 40 points in a game. You know, you have to be able to close out a game. And that's just something that the, that the Falcons are unable to do at this point. I agree. But also, you have to say it about the Cowboys defense that giving up 39 in a game, also not, not, like, not acceptable. Both defenses just, you know, didn't... I mean, the Cowboys defense showed up towards the end when, as where the Falcons just gave up towards the end. But neither defense really did a good job. Uh, but I, yeah. I'd also Cowboys like to talk about thing. Yeah, I'd like to mention the stat. NFL teams were 444-0 and 0 since 1933 when scoring at least 39 points and having zero turnovers. And 1933 was the first year turnovers were recorded as a stat. So as far back as turnovers were recorded, this, what the Falcons did, never seen before. Um, That's just amazing. An embarrassing loss. Very embarrassing. Um, I'll have to... I don't want to say it, but the Saints-Raiders game was, you know, my game of the week. Um, 
we kind of touched on everything I would have said, but as a Saints fan, I don't know why I continue to get my hopes up for, you know, meaningless national TV, like non-division, you know, games on national TV and, you know, pretty much even non-conference games on national TV, we somehow find a way to just, you know, pour salt all up in the wound. Yeah. But, like, I'm not going to say, well, we didn't have Mike Thomas or the refs missed all these calls. Like, the PI was just absurd. They were at least two calls I'd uh two not calls by the rest but decisions by the players like that were just unnecessary. Uh where there's one PI and there was a holding when there was, you know, just no point in doing it. Um I'd also I wanna talk about the Vikings Colts game. Um that's something I didn't really expect to happen. I had the Vikings, you know, honestly, maybe blowing out the Colts. But, yeah, um, I had the, had the Vikings, too. This was really fully on Kirk Cousins for the most part. 11 for 26, 113 yards, zero touchdowns, three interceptions. Right. I also think that uh, you might also have to – just look at look at the the passing stats from Philip Rivers. I mean, nineteen for twenty five uh, attempts, two fourteen yards, and a touchdown. Got sacked twice, and you know this 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 Viking secondary is just not it. If you have yeah. if you have uh, I mean, you lost Trey Waynes, who is just not not it. Uh, you don't have. You don't have Xavier Rhodes. I mean, this this defense isn't the same as it was, let's say, three years ago when people thought it yeah. was the top, like a top defense in the league. You know, this secondary is depleted, and I, I, I mean, people they're zero and two now. You know, they got they got torn by the by the Packers last week, and even Philip Rivers, who I'm I'm almost sure that last week we were telling a we were we were talking about how you know he's washed, how they lost to the Jaguars. You know, Henry, yeah. Henry was saying, like, how can you lose to the team that's projected the number one pick this year? Who, you know, actually, you know, if we were to look at them this week, actually uh, outperformed the nearly one. You know, yeah. I, I think this is just saying something about the Vikings uh, more than something about the Colts. Um, Although, I, say... I do think it's important that, you know, we acknowledge Jonathan Taylor had a great day. Yeah. Um, Dalvin Cook is just not getting it done for me for fantasy. This offensive line, they're just not blocking for, you know, Kurth or Dalvin. Um, and this is the first time, I think, um, they've started 0-2 under Mike Zimmer. Um, something is – I don't know what's going on, but if the Vikings – keep playing like this they're just 
they're going to be in the bottom. They're going to be near the bottom of the league. Um, so I guess let's go with our biggest surprises of week two. Um, Drew. Um, well, I mean, I'm surprised about a move that the Giants made today to sign Devonta Freeman. Cause I mean, it doesn't make sense. I can't understand the New York Giants. Like, I think I think this season is a wash again. I mean, we're on two right offense looks. Today would be the start of week three. Oh. Um, I always thought that the switch was on, on Wednesday. That's I mean, what it is in technically the, in the it is, but match. I always consider it. Okay, I mean, technically you're right, but I All right, fine. Well, then I could it. talk about uh I could talk about Sunday. I think that my podcast, um, my I rules. That's well, technically our podcast, my, podcast. my rules. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> um, I I don't know. If this is a surprise, but like something that keeps sticking out to me is this little um, partnership in Arizona between Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. It it seems pretty unstoppable, and the, I think that one of your surprises from last week was. Obviously, the Cardinals beating the Niners, yeah. and I mean they look yeah. they look fantastic. I think it's time um, that I acknowledge the Cardinals as a legitimate possible playoff team. Yeah, um, I mean, I, but they, also they beat the, going on, yeah, but also beat going the on that game. Um, I didn't want to like I was reluctant to give Dwayne Haskins too much credit after week one, but a week later, and he did, you know, pretty well. 19 for 33 isn't exactly great, but 223 yards and a touchdown um, is, that's, they're good, that's, it's good. He looks good. You know, I just think Um, that they dug themselves in a hole. I mean, you start out the game twenty. You're down twenty zero. I mean, that's that's nearly impossible to come back from, especially with a developing <coughs> team like Cowboys. the Washington Football Team. But I mean, like their defense, they have some. They have some studs. I mean, you got you got Chase Young. You, you have Landon Collins, uh, but you also have some some guys that you know not not as many people know of, like Troy Apke, Jonathan Allen, Ronald Darby played pretty Great. well. Um, you know, Matt, Matt, Matthew Ioannidis, he had a pretty good game uh, with a couple of tackles for loss. Uh, and then Kevin Pierre-Lewis, 10, ta- 10 total tackles, 10 solo tackles. I mean, that's a, that's a very solid week. Yeah. You can even argue that's a defensive player of the week type of stat line. But, um, you know, solid, out, solid outing by the offense. You know, great second half by that team. But I think that uh, Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, like Drew said, you know, they're unstoppable. They're unstoppable at this point. And, you know, uh, defenses have to be worried. Looks like it. Um, Just to build uh, also yeah. on the Washington being relatively talented this year, Chase Young is leading the league in sacks. Um, yeah. So, barring an injury, I mean, he's going to be a stud. Um, yeah. Definitely, and I think he definitely has a lot to do with the fact that Kenyon Drake had 20 carries for 86 yards. 20 carries, and he couldn't break 100. That, 
I mean, I don't think this Washington defense is, like, going to play like this all year against every team. But right now, if they keep it up, they could, you know, they could do well this year um, and maybe surpass what I'd say everyone thought their ceiling would be. Um, personally, I had their ceiling being like 3-13. and 13. Um, Yeah, I did too. Now, I'm not going to say this team is going to go 8-8 eight and eight or better. I think they'll maybe win a maximum of five, maybe six games. But considering what everyone thought they would do, you know, it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Jack, what was something you found really surprising or to me multiple things? Uh I mean, I have to go with with one of my favorite QBs in the league. He is a bad man, that Aaron Rodgers. You know, uh eighteen for thirty, two forty yards, two touchdowns. Uh, blowout win versus the Lions, forty-two to twenty-one. I didn't think that they were going to lose that game. You know, Aaron Jones, great game by him. But I, uh, I mean, oh you, you see, you see, uh, Julian Love. I, I just think that was just pure motivation for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, people, people are thinking maybe the maybe he's declining. You know, a few years ago he got hurt. You know, uh, with with his collarbone. You know. Uh, maybe this is the downfall of Aaron Rodgers. He's still, he's still even not that old. I mean, I just think that this is, uh, this is like a revenge season I for Rodgers, and 36. they're very scary. Very I, scary. He's not that old in normal people years, but in NFL quarterback years, 36 is, you know – it's getting I mean up that's there. that's up there, but like you have you have your guys like Breeze, you have your guys like Brady, you know, in their forties now, and they're still playing, you know, very, uh, rather well. You know, Breeze didn't <laughs> have the greatest game uh, yesterday, obviously, but you know they still yeah. be able to. Uh, I think be Brady solid. and Breeze have both significantly declined since last year and have been declining. Um, I think Drew has declined more than Brady has. Um, and I think part of it really? is Brady treats his body like I. It sounds stupid and you know really cliche, but he treats it like a temple. I mean, that man's like he watches what he eats more than just like watching weight. He looks at limiting sugars much. Like I'm pretty sure he hasn't. He doesn't eat things with added sugar, and he hasn't for, like, the past, like, 10 or something years. And that's crazy. Yeah, but Drew Brees is still a better passer than Tom Brady, like. Yeah, I agree. I just mean, like, overall, um, just body deterioration. Deterioration. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I actually had a second surprise of the week. Uh, and, you know, I mentioned it briefly. Uh, in a pat in in uh, last week and also a little bit this week, but man, oh man, Gardner Minshew, you gotta give it to him. Nearly won that game, you know. Uh, wasn't able to pull off the complete comeback at the end, but uh, you know, 
this game, another one where the Jaguars aren't meant to win at all. But, you know, they hung in there the entire game, yeah. losing 33-30. Um, Gardner Minshew, those 340 yards, three touchdowns. Yeah, sure, two interceptions. You know, he's not yeah. a perfect quarterback. 15 but, incompletions as opposed to, what, two incompletions last week? Yeah, so very different stat line from Minshew, but still very impressive to say the least. I yeah. mean, people people thought that this might this team might go one in fifteen, two in fourteen. I mean, they're showing you that, that you know that, that, that they're a solid one team. Fifteen and, isn't off the table. Just putting it out there. Just to put that out, yeah, sure. Nineteen for twenty of, in week one. But you mm-hmm. also have to think. Week three, uh, this Thursday night football game against the Dolphins, the Jaguars are the favorites, and that's insane. People, I mean, people just wrote them off. I mean, you know, one and fifteen still possible, two and fourteen still possible, three and thirteen still possible, but the fact that they're now favorites against a team, fifteen and is one still possible, fifteen and one still possible. <laughs> so you know, Darnell Minshew, like he's a man of mystery. He is a man of mystery. And man, oh man, he's fun to watch. Yeah, he's got a pretty nice mustache too. Not gonna lie. Yeah, he's been. It is pretty nice. I didn't realize he went nineteen for twenty in week one. That's fantastic. So you just admitted to not listening to the podcast. We specifically no, I to mentioned it. that. I listened to it. Yeah, sure you did. I love. This is why Jack um, is my favorite. Henry's enthusiasm. Yeah, whatever. I see how it is. You're not going to listen. Um, well, personally, <laughs> the, the biggest surprise is, was the biggest surprise. Well, I the injury bug um, really, really caught me off guard. Um, I mean, it's just... The 49ers, the 49ers lost like half their offense. Yeah, it's it's sad. They blamed it on MetLife. I don't know that MetLife was the problem, but I also think uh, if you look. Um... Their plane got delayed six hours before they left, so they got to their hotel at four. Maybe they were a little sleep deprived, um, but you can't you can't say that about. I don't about think being sleep deprived causes you to tear your ACL. Well, maybe um, maybe they weren't uh, as prepared, but you know you can't blame it on the field. I just that it's. Because, you know, you don't see any of the Jets guys, uh, you know, having one of those. Uh, they're, they're not tearing their ACL. It's, it's just in the Niners. So, I mean, but you, yeah, I you think... look all around the league. Everyone was plagued with injuries. Yeah, you, there's Saquon, that's what I meant. Um, there's Saquon, you know, Indianapolis lost Paris Campbell, Marlon Mack last week. Um, you know, Drew Locke is out for... Uh, a, a solid amount of time. McCaffrey indefinite or was it McCaffrey's out at least four to six weeks. Um, 
it, it, it's it's a crazy league. I mean, it's it's so unexpected. No one, no one would think that this early on you'd see this many notable injuries. Yeah, all these. This um, is just gonna dispel the partner. idea that it's gonna dispel the idea that preseason doesn't matter. I mean, clearly. Yeah, I say uh, it last week. I'll say it again. I think no preseason is part of this issue. Because, like, they're not they they're not taking hits in preseason like they are in week one, week two, and so on. But they're also not taking hits in practice like they are in preseason. You know, like right. practice gets you closer to preseason. Preseason gets you closer to the real game, and so on. You know, pre regular season gets you closer to the playoffs. You know leading up to the Super Bowl, you know. Like you can't you cannot tell me that you don't think it has any relation at all. But Yeah, I and mean, obviously players with the pandemic have had less time to condition. Yeah, um, I mean and a lot of non contact so, injuries are a result of lack of conditioning, but yeah. I definitely um, think you need Adam Vinatieri, back. If he's not playing this year um, because he, because of COVID, he didn't get the chance to see his doctors and rehab and whatnot. So he's rehabbing this season, you know. Um, but it's crazy. He's you know so. Yeah. But here's some injuries: Nick Bosa torn ACL, Saquon torn ACL, um, McCaffrey high ankle sprain, Drew Locke sprained AC joint. Cortland Sutton, torn ACL. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, high ankle sprain. Devontae Adams, hamstring. I think he hurt his hamstring. Yeah. Yeah. Young knee. Malik Hooker, Achilles. I mean, and, you know, the list goes on. Byron Jones, groin. Tyrod. <laughs> I don't normally laugh at injuries, but. Tyrod Taylor getting hurt in pregame warmups. It's funny to me. Anthony Barr shoulder. Well, there's definitely what? There's definitely something else to that story. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, but you know, yeah, I like the way we're just we're just all rolling with. Yeah, he hurt his chest in pregame warmups, and no one knows what happened <laughs> because that seems legitimate. Um. Well, there's one thing I heard about injuries like that, like freak injuries, whereas in in players' contracts, and I forget this, if this is NFL or MLB, it might be both. Like there, sometimes there are certain um, activities that players are barred from oh, doing. It's, it's um, both because because they get hurt. Pat that Mahomes way. And so, can't box. So, he can't. I don't. I don't right. know if he's even allowed to jump rope. Yeah. Like there's a list of in- of things that they can't do because they might get hurt. So then when you hear those stories of like players getting hurt, like picking up furniture, I mean, more than likely is because they were doing something on that list of prohibited yeah. activities rather than, yeah. you know. And so um, just so that we know, the, the, the story for Tyrod is that um, he had a rib issue, although there wasn't any suggestion he would miss the game, but it was because he had trouble breathing and uh, you know, there's no, 
there's no point in throwing Tyrod out there um, if he, you know, has a hard time breathing. You don't want anything yeah. bad to happen to him. But right, yeah. I mean, yeah. I like th- 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 there's something wrong with with the amount of injuries that that there is. You guys mentioned it, but you know, even more like like Malik Hooker uh, out out for the year, I believe, with an Achilles tendon injury. Brandon Scherf with with an injury to the yeah. knee. Um, I mean, Anthony Barr hurt his shoulder. Brandon Linder also hurt his knee. I mean, it, yeah. it, it, this is this is crazy. So Mahomes' contract prohibits basketball, baseball, jet skiing, like boxing. So basically, all he can really do is play NFL football and you know play video games. Like it's yeah. I mean, just the amount of like activities they actively thought to include. Like, who's the who's the guy that thought? Yeah, wait, hold up, add jet skiing to the list. Can't well, have him going. Jet, jet skiing ski. is pretty taxing. Yeah, <laughs> I don't blame him. No, I'm not saying it's not <laughs> something he get hurt doing, but, but you know, I just think it's no, funny yeah, that I mean, they add that. Um. Yeah. I think we have time for like one, maybe two more quick questions. Um, I think I had some more. I'm trying to determine what I want to ask. Okay, let's just go with going into week three. What games are we looking at? And obviously Thursday night football, but what okay, let me rephrase that. What non primetime games um are you guys keeping an eye on? Um yeah, if you guys are fine with me going first. Yeah. Um I think a game that is extremely undervalued this week is going to be the Bengals versus the Eagles. Both teams 0 and two. You know, you got Burrow who um had a pretty yeah. solid outing, at 61 passes, and wasn't able to lead his team to a victory. I mean, that's that's disappointing. But you also have Carson Wentz, and you know we're unsure of what's happening with Carson. You know, when when Doug Pedersen was asked whether or not you know why, how come uh, Carson is is reg- is regressing, and he said, "I don't right. know." It's very interesting. If they lose, is I this... think that's the issue right there. You like. Something mm-hmm. I think something's happened between them. Why would he say I don't know instead of he's not regressing? Like yeah. he doesn't come to his defense. He says I don't know. Like Sean Payton would never do that. Bill Belichick, most head coaches would not do that to their starting quarterback. They wouldn't say I don't know. They would totally turn on the reporter and be like, "Don't ask stupid questions like that." There's nothing – he's not regressing. He's in, a, he's in a rough patch. Anything is better than I don't know. Yeah, right. and, and it goes to show, you know, that, I mean, you see two different – you see two different uh, teams, one with the Packers, one with the Eagles. Yeah. 
And you see how their starting quarterbacks responded. Aaron Rodgers, two amazing outings. Carson Wentz, two, two poor outings. And, you know, now, now we might have to assume that there's a QB controversy because, yeah, as, as you said, Peter, uh, it doesn't seem like, like his coach even trusts him. And there's, there's a true disconnect there. I think it'll. I think it's definitely some kind of mental block, and I think it might either it's caused by a lack of you know confidence in Wentz, but I think what's happened is he. I think there's more to the story that we don't know, but I think. Something happened, and they seem to be on bad terms, honestly. Um, and, you know, Wentz is ha- – that's causing Wentz to have a mental block, which, you know, it's a never-ending cycle. That mental block makes him perform worse. Him performing worse makes things – like, creates more bad blood. More bad blood equals bigger mental block and so on. Um, but I think a game I'm there's really two games, and I want to make some claims on them. Uh, 49ers Giants, I'm actually really interested in watching, and you know, Browns football team or Browns Washington. I don't know what you want to say, but <laughs> um, you know. And call me crazy, but I've got the Giants winning. Okay, let me – not the Giants winning because of these injuries. I would have had the Giants winning even if both teams were fully healthy. Really? I would. I wouldn't. Um, And I I know. That's why I said call me crazy. That's why I said you might call me crazy. I would have the Giants winning this game, Um, and I still do. Um, and then why? it's not as bold of a predict. Why? Um, it's just one of those things where I feel like the 49ers are would just you know walk into that game thinking, oh, we've got this. This team's a joke, you know. Basically, what the Pelicans and the Saints do every time we play a team worse than us, but you know. Not gonna bring my own personal struggles out here, because um, you know I know being a Giants fan, you guys have it much, much worse. You know, because at least we make the playoffs. Yes. Anyway, um, this Very isn't sad. as bold of a prediction, but I've got Cleveland. I think a lot of people probably have Cleveland winning. But I think it'll be – well, I'm – these are two very different things, but I'm torn between a very – like a shootout and a blowout. But it's not going to be like 10 points. It's either going to be Cleveland by like 30 or Cleveland by like three. You know? Hmm. Um, but I think – Baker will have a really good game. All right, Drew, you're up. Um, well, just to wrap up podcast, I think um, 
Bears Falcons will be interesting because obviously the Bears are two and zero. The Falcons are zero and two. I kind of thought that the roles might be reversed um, early in the season. So it'll be interesting to see if the Falcons can bounce back from that terrible loss and also if if the Bears and Mitch are legit um, because Mitch has looked good. A uh, couple yeah. mistakes that have resulted in two picks, but other than that, I mean, he's passing the ball weird. well. Yeah. I think that's just part of 2020 being weird, you know. The majority of the, like, good to mediocre teams from last year they all suck this year. Like the good right. teams are still good, but the mediocre teams, you know, they all suck now. And the teams that sucked last year are actually not looking so sucky. Not going to lie. That was, that was cool, Peter. Um, all right. Well, I think that'll do it. Um, thank you both, um, Jack and Drew, for you know, being on the podcast, well, Jack for returning to the podcast, Drew for actually joining us this week. Um, and to those listening, thanks for listening and tune in next week for our week three recap and so on and see if I still have a job after constantly, constantly roasting the Giants. 